Hey everyone, welcome back to the Yoni, where you cultivate your own new identity. I am your hostess with the mostess, Nyjah Ronda Burwell, coming back again to give you the keys to unlocking you. But before I start anything, I have to give thanks to the creator of everything. Dear God, dear dad, thank you so much for the life that I get to live, even though sometimes I may not always appreciate the life that I live. Thank you for seeing this me within me before I saw this me. And thank you for guiding me to becoming her. And thank you for this platform and thank you for giving me the right away to let me know that this is what you want me to do. And to walk in it. Um, I pray for strength, I pray for wisdom, I pray for guidance, I pray less of me and more of you. I pray that anybody that listens to this takes some wisdom and gets filled in a way that you only know. I pray that the words that you allow to flow out of my mouth affect, if not one person I pray it affects me and I pray that as I allow you to use me as a vessel to speak through that you take away all fear because perfect love casts out all fear in Jesus name happy sunday happy sunday welcome back welcome back um i'm very very excited about coming on um i first want to say thank you so much um to everyone who listens and supports me whether that was you supported me by purchasing my book titled All Mine, which is out now. So if you are listening to this and you do not know what I'm talking about, here is a little, little, little ad that I will have. (laughs) So All Mine is a book of poetry that I have been working on since the age of 11 and God allowed me to release at the age of 22. And it basically talks about my pain, things that I dealt with, and how, I guess through my writing, it was kind of like a prophetic writing because God was um, helping me through my writing. So I would just write these things that I would feel, but then after I would go back and really read them, I would realize that at that point in my life, I didn't feel that way. 
But there was something bigger than me always telling me to live and to still stay here and that my life is important. And so if anybody has ever felt like their life is in, in not important or that they shouldn't be here or that no one will care about their absence or if you have the struggle of dealing with not having, you know, a father in the house or a mother in the house or having issues with, you know, your parents um, or dealing with depression or anxiety. I think that this book would be an amazing book for you to um, purchase and to take along with you because I do believe that it helped me in my journey. Um, and of course, you would replace my name with your name because you would make it personal to you. Um, when you feel those ways, because I really, really wish that um, I would have had a book like that for me. But I'm really glad that I was chosen by God to create that book for you. So that is my um, that is God's gift through me to you. Um, all mine by me. <laughs> so thank you for allowing me. Well, I, I just say not really thank me for allowing me because it's my podcast but um thank you for listening um I could I, I should say to me endorsing my own book <laughs> so back on what I will be talking about today so I just wanted to come on I don't have anything scripted I just wanted to talk today because I know um I've been just thinking about the types of the types of podcasts that I personally, as Nija, wanted to do on the Yoni. And I can, you can tell from the first episode, I'll say like, I say like, welcome to the Yoni. This is where we're talking about spirituality, love, da, 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 and me. And that's really what I would, thought I was talk. I wanted to talk about. Um, my thought process for the Yoni was more so a sex show. <laughs> um not so much about like um having sex but pleasuring oneself and um realizing that your yoni is your power center but it's funny how my thought of the yoni was not what the yoni became because the yoni became something that I didn't even think about I'm thinking about the yoni as the sense of oh I'm going to talk about you know how we should pleasure ourselves and we should love on our yonis and we should do um we should talk to ourselves in the sense of our bodies and be one with ourselves and of course I can talk about all that stuff in my podcast um but I think it's really funny how I had one way of where I thought the yoni would go and God had another and how after me putting out that first episode, God wind up showing me that the Yoni stood for your own new identity. Not really, you know, and I went with it, not really knowing that I really was going to change into this really different person. Of course, I've shed some old skin, but um, really at this point in my life, I'm really, I'm a totally different individual um and that goes to show with why god allowed me to release my book
So I wanted to talk to you guys today about lessons and blessings, or should I say blessings and lessons. Um, so, and this is just a casual, you know, Nyjah talk. And I think I'm going to start having more of these. Of course, God is going to be in it because God is the center in my life. Um, but it doesn't have to be me preaching to you guys about my life or yelling or saying things loud. But, you know, if the Holy Ghost gets a hold of me and I, you know, start to raise my voice, it's okay. Don't be alarmed. I'm not angry. It's just really, I just get really passionate when the Holy Ghost just comes and he just resides with me. Um, But I just um, think that it's just so funny how God used this platform to birth a me that I did not know I had and is continuously showing me who I am and who I have the capacity to be and there's been times in my life where I've not known where I I need to go and there's times in my life where I still don't know where I need to go or who I have the ability to be but I don't I now don't allow that to stifle me. Um, And I see fear as a way of... Now, I so before I used to be a type of person that when I would see fear, I would run away from it, right? But now I'm at a point where every time I'm at a crossroad, I'm at a crossroad and fear presents itself. I say to myself and God asks me and me and God have conversations and he'll be like I'll be like oh my gosh I'm scared and then he'll say to me in the long run is this action that you're about to make going to be going to affect you in a positive way or a negative way and I'll be like it's a positive way and then he's like okay then why are you why are you afraid of it why is there fear right then that makes me think fear only presented itself at the crossroad because it knew that if I would choose or just make a choice rather it was the right lane or the left lane the choice of choosing fear couldn't allow me to do because I would still be moving forward there's a poem that I have in my book and it talks about It's called Matote, and it's the second to last poem that I have in my book. And it talks about how fear will make you think that you're walking forward when in all actuality you are not. You're walking, but you're walking backwards. And for me, I used to be afraid, afraid of what people would think, afraid of what people would feel, how people would feel afraid of if people would like me afraid if people would see the real me afraid of everything I was so afraid of life and 
I just wanted, I know that I, I felt like I wanted to get onto my podcast and talk about my book because I'm like, okay, I want to let people know like how the book was made and like what, what it really is because there is little like, it's literally a treasure, a treasure map, but that's literally how my brain is. So someone may not pick that up so like there's a poem in the book that says it's titled pretty little fears and the poem goes how can i forget when i keep remembering and to someone they could just read the poem and be like okay how can she forget if she keeps remembering but context that poem is in the chapter you and i which is about a guy that I fell in love with, right? And the there, that's a song called Pretty Little Fears by J. Cole and Six Lack, either Black or Six Lack. I don't know who his name is. And in the song, it talks about J. Cole, he says, you're the flower that I gotta protect to keep alive in the winter time. Hey, don't you die yet. And for me at that time in my life, um, I, even now I see myself as a flower and that is symbolized by the sunflower on my body. But I really felt like that song was made for me. But that person in particular said that when they heard the song, they thought of me. And at that time in my life, every time I heard the song, I put that person and attached that person to the song to the point where even though I love this song, I kept remembering them with the song and not them outside the song, even though I knew the song prior to them telling me that they felt like this was the song for me, you know? So when I wrote Pretty Little Fears as the title of the poem, and then the poem was, how can I forget when I keep remembering? Someone would just go over that. But I just want to let you know, that's just one little clue in the book, you know. Um, but just dive deeper in the book. Don't think and take every word that I say in every poem to think that I went through that physically. Think of the pain that a person goes through when feeling those things. That is what I went through in some of the poems. So if in a poem I'm talking about a person slapping me and beating me up, right? This, this man that's slapping me and abusing me. And even though the title of the book is titled All Mine, these are all my thoughts, all my fears, all my everything that came through my mind but these are also these things also have feelings attached to them so when thinking about these things you're not just don't read the book as surface level of just saying okay she wrote oh how can she love another person if this person you know jabs her in the heart she gets back up don't think of it as that but think of it for me 
when I wrote that, I equated how someone feels when they are abused to how I abused myself. So every time I felt I could put myself back together and build myself back up, there was a part of me that always wanted to tear myself down. And there was a part of me that abused me. And so that pain that a woman feels or a man feels when they become abused is the pain that I felt, right? That is the feeling. It's not the same experience, but what I'm what I want people to understand with the book is a lot of it is about feeling and understanding that we can have two different point of views and we can feel the same feeling in two different arenas of our life but at the end of the day we still felt that feeling um so when we talk about blessings and lessons we talk about how at that point of me writing that book that was all either pain or love but even the love had some part of pain in it but each of those years that i learned those lessons this year this book has become a blessing to me in the sense that i'm able to say to myself I'm not ashamed of this. I wrote this and hid this for years. That's why people may not know that I wanted to be I wanted to be an author and I wanted to publish a book. Even though I would talk about it, I didn't really talk about it. Because I didn't know it was something that I could be so early on, right? And I always wanted to know how to be it, but I really didn't talk about it because these things that I wanted to publish were my demons and my skeletons in the closet that I did not want to go into that were getting overfilled and people were going to start asking about this closet and I'm like girl don't worry about the closet and God really had to sit me down and be like you know what baby you you finished college let's let's go through the closet and take out some shirts and some um, pants and some shoes that we don't use anymore because it's starting to overcrowd itself and it's starting to become very claustrophobic in here. And, and, and that's why you can't breathe. That's why you're, you're sinking right now because it's a little claustrophobic in here because it's time to clean out the mess, right? So I'm writing as I'm going through, not even realizing. Like in my book, I say, I wrote because I didn't know how to speak. And I would do the same thing in my songs. I sung because I didn't know how to speak. So if I sung it, people wouldn't think that I was going through it because I'd I'd sing a song that was very much um, what I was feeling. So when people would be like, okay, people don't know, but I'm very intentional about what I do. So if I was feeling very sad, most likely I'd sing songs that were very sad. Um, 
And the thing is that the devil tripped me into believing, or tripped, not tripped, tricked me into believing that sadness was mellifluous. Now, for the people that don't know what mellifluous is, thank you to Willow Smith for teaching me it, you know. Power to Willow. (laughs) But mellifluous means pleasant to the ear. There was a point in my life where sadness and depression and anxiety and being in my mind and controlling my own life was my end all and be all was mellifluous to me was pleasant to my ears my mom might have asked me one day she was like what does sadness sound like to you and I was like it sounds like Chet Baker and it sounds like um Miles I mean um yeah Miles Davis and it sounds like um sweet jazz music it sounds like Ella Fitzgerald it sounds like Amy Winehouse that's what my sadness sounds like it it sounds like soul it sounds like music that's what it sounds like to me and I didn't realize that because sadness felt so good and was so comforting even though I didn't want it I stayed in it because it, it, it formed itself as something that was okay to be and I thought that that was who I was I thought that that was what I was going to be but through each lesson that I was able to learn it really really I really sat down with myself and I'm here with the full copy and I'm constantly reading this because I you know well God and I worked together and we self-published and I self-edited my book and there were some errors in it that I saw personally that I fixed and so I read it multiple times, multiple times, multiple times, actually physically as a book. And I'm like, this is crazy that like I've made this and I feel like I'm a genius. Like if you don't love your art before you give it to the world, the world will chew you up. Because I had to really sit with myself before I even put it out. And I was like. Do I really like it? Because if I don't like it, I don't know how I'm going to be when like people want to give their point of like their two cents because, you know, people be given two cents. No one asks for it, girl. And take it to Food Lion where you can cash it in. Okay, because I don't want it. But. A lot of people feel like they should, and that's what humans do. So when a human does what a human does, um, you have to prepare for it. So I had to really take time and be like, these are my demons, and this is these are my babies, right? I had to dissociate from this and say, because that used to be me, right? So I was so afraid of anybody seeing that me, because it was me. But God working and helping me, and as you can see through the book, that 
my verbiage even changes on how I see love and who love is as my journey, you know, unfolds. I just can't not, I can't stop thanking God for the blessing of life through those lessons. And somebody will watch this and maybe going through the worst bout of depression that they've ever went through or the worst bout of anxiety or really needs a friend or really doesn't understand why they're alone or why they're lonely or why they're just different from everybody else. And this is for you. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to not know. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to seek help. It's okay to go to therapy. It's okay to stay at home. It's okay if you're on the flip side of that and you stay at home all the time, like me, to go out sometime. It's okay to live the life you want to live. The life that makes you happy. Not your mama, not your pappy, not your sister, not auntie nappy. You. It makes you happy. I want to let you know that I didn't think that I would ever come out of depression. I didn't think that I would ever have peace of mind. I remember having a journal entry in 2020 where I asked God, it was the first day of 2020, and I was on the MSC Seaside Cruise <laughs> in the middle of the ocean, and I wrote in my diary, God, I want peace of mind. I have a tattoo on the back of my neck in Sanskrit, and it reads, inner peace. Because that is what I was praying to the Lord for because I was going crazy and no one knew. And that's, that's what happens when, when you have two living within you. When, that, when you have that, that dichotomy that, that doesn't work. Um, and I think that's, I know that's where all, a lot of my confusion and my, um, I don't know if this is a word, but we're going to make it a word on this podcast today. Oxymoronicness. That's where I feel like my oxymoronicness stemmed from. The fact that there were two me's. There was the me that I was, and then there was the me that I wanted to be. So there was that me that I, that was the self-defeating me that told me that I would always be that me. And then people watered that flower because people then told me that I was going to always be that me. And so I believed them and I believed myself telling me that. And then there was this me. 
which is the me that a lot of people see and know. But in my mind, because there was another me, I had tainted thoughts, tainted feelings, tainted ways and perspectives on life. But no one knew that because I was battling and fighting the only person no one could see. And that was me. On the inside of me. Um, but what this book has really done for me and has really healed me in ways and healed my inner child and healed and healed inner Nyjah and well little Nyjah in so many ways. Um and it's really all glory to God because I really didn't want to ever release this book, but it's a, it's given me so much <sighs> zeal for life. It's given me so much appreciation for God and my family and just myself. Um, and that's why I love to create. I love to create because it's an extension of myself. But that book will be immortalized. I will change and evolve. And there will be more books. But that those feelings that I felt will always be written. And, and in sixth grade, I had a love for poetry and short stories because I loved Edgar Allan Poe. I love Edgar Allan Poe. And one of his... Um, sonnets at the end um, he talks about a woman that he loves and he basically says that as long as men can I think it says as long I I may be quoting it wrong but I think it says as long as men can talk and eyes can see So long lives this, and this gives life to thee. (laughs) Yes, I love Edgar Allan Poe. So basically what that means, because I had a great teacher named Mr. Page in sixth grade, and he was my English teacher. Isn't that crazy? His name is Mr. Page. He's my English teacher in the sixth grade. Okay. So what that meant in the sonnet that we wind up analyzing and annotating, um, it meant that as long as people can read this art, this love that I have for this woman will always be forever ingrained in these pages. And anybody that ever wants to know about this, this poem or this sonnet or my love for this woman can come back to this and read it and that is what I wanted to do with my art. As long as men can see, as long as eyes, as men can talk and eyes can see, so long lives this, and this gives life to thee. As long as there are humans on this earth, My art, as long as I continue to create it, will be able to be here 
after I'm gone. And I think that's something that a lot of artists realize. Like, Picasso's not here, you know? He's not here. But his spirit is here because his art is here. And so people everywhere find inspiration from the art that is still here because he still lives within his art because that is still a part of him all mine is still a part of me even though i had to say goodbye to that fear self right that that this book is talking about my fear self even though i had to say goodbye to her She's still part of me. So as long as this book is here, I will always be here. So that means I will always be here. And I think that's the blessing within the lesson. That our pain can be turned into art once we heal. The one thing, the things or thing that you were so ashamed of can be where God needs you to push you to your purpose. Your pain pushes you to your purpose. The thing that I was so afraid of, I created art from that I sometimes sit back in an astonished on how I'm able to love words and put them together and feel. I used to not love to feel because I felt so much and it was so, I was an extreme feeler. But now to be in love with oneself and, and to be in love with God and to know love the feeling that I feel is just, I just, I'm just so happy. And the point, the point of it all, the point of it all is that I didn't go through my dysthymia and my depression and all of those things just for me. I went through it so that everybody listening to this can realize that they can get through theirs too. And that if you're silent about it, you can't get help because that's where the devil wants to keep you silent about either your depression or the little secret thing you do when you lock your door and no one knows. God is there. He knows. So... And a lot of people were like, how do you talk to him? How do you get intimate with him? How do you talk to him about sex and stuff like that? How do you like, you know, talk to him about all those different things? You talk to him like a human being, like you talk to him like any other person would. Like you, you talk to him like I'm talking to you right now. And you tell him your truth because that's, he is the what? The truth. So tell him yours. Because he already knows it. Because he is it. Like, 
I realized that there's some times where I've been in sin and all I had to do was just open my mouth and say, God, help me. And it would, it would flee. It would literally flee. It would literally glow away. But I would keep my mouth shut and just keep continuing to do the sin because I was succumbed by the sin. So yeah, I just wanted to get on here. I didn't want to be long, but I just wanted to share my gratitude about God and towards life and about all the things that I'm learning. Um, and yeah, that God is so good. God is, God is so good. Even, even when things are bad, God is so good. God is so good because I realized that even through my worst days or what I thought, you know, what, what were my worst days? Because God has told me that I will never feel that, 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 that sense of pain ever in my life. And when I tell you the pain that comes with breaking things off of you and being delivered from things is just something that I, I just I can't no no one if you haven't been then I don't think you can understand the pain that I felt inside of myself you can't equate that to any outward pain that's why I, I, I was that's why people be like oh I, I just get a wax got a wax and the girl was like every single girl that get I get a wax they be like this same thing you're a trooper. You're not saying nothing. Like, girl. I'm like, yes, whatever. You know, I mean, like inside, I may be like, oh, okay, that was a little tough there. She did pull, she pulled that real, like, real tight. But I won't show it. It's just like, uh, yeah. Because there was a point in my life where inwardly, I felt so much pain that I could sit through a whole four-hour tattoo. Even though I'm, ooh, I'm not hooping and hollering. I'm just like, oh, that's that hurt now. But I'm I'm quiet. Because inwardly, I, I, I felt more pain than the pain that I felt outwardly. And sometimes the pain outwardly allowed me to realize, oh my God, I'm real, you know. I'm alive. Um, but, yeah. I want to put this on your table and ask you, what is something that was a lesson to you that wind up after you wind up sitting and thinking about it that turned into a blessing? And what was a blessing that wind up turning into a lesson? And what can you take from either or? Um, because both of them are good if you look about if you look at if you look at them from a glass half full instead of a glass half empty point of view um so you hold on to that and you think about those questions and i'll see you the next time and we'll talk about that um so yeah i really like this uh casual talking so we'll see we'll see if it comes back let's see if this is what we're gonna keep doing because i really like this um but yes uh thank you so much for tuning in to the yoni by nija 
I pray you have a amazing rest of your day, rest of your evening, a great um, afternoon or wherever you're watching this. I hope you have an amazing day or night. Um, and I love you. I see you. Not just eye to eye, but soul deep. And I want you to know that I'm here for you. And when I'm not here, God's always here. So thank you again. And I just am just, I just am so excited to, to have this. So I'm just so excited. So don't, don't mind me over here just cheesing. I just be smiling every time I end the podcast. So okay. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Bye. Don't go. I messed up and I do not like to give false information. So when I said in the sixth grade, my um, teacher, Mr. Page, taught us about Edgar Allan Poe. That is true. But he also taught us about Shakespeare. And Shakespeare is who I'm just talking about. Not Edgar Allan Poe's short stories. We annotated Edgar Allan Poe's short stories we talked about and annotated as well Shakespeare's sonnets so what I was talking about in this podcast was actually Shakespeare's sonnet 18 and what it says is so long as men can breathe or eyes can see so long lives this and this gives life to thee thank you bye again Bye.